0: Hi, and welcome back to SEPA Stories. So thank you for joining me again for a new episode. And in this episode, we're going to... um be enjoying a story written by a writer who has previously contributed to Sopa stories. The initial story this writer provided was a first chapter called Away from the Rain and that piece was written by Honey Sweet Cutie. Now that story is currently on hiatus at this time um, it's kind of been put to the side this writer is actually working on several other writing projects and it's just an amazing amazing writer so I do encourage you to check out honey sweet cutie you can find her stories uh, posted and uploaded onto archive of our own fanfiction.net I believe this writer um, also has I know she has a tumblr page and I'm not certain if this writer is posting yet to Wattpad, but you might want to check that out. So definitely an up-and-coming or more established writer that is really producing high-quality fan fiction is Honey Sweet Cutie. Now, I did reach out about a week ago with permissions to read this earlier piece called Spearmint. I really like this story because it's pretty delicate and it's telling, And I just absolutely love this writer's style. So with that, let me tell you a little bit about the story. This was an earlier published piece from the writer, and it looks like this was initially published in October of 2019. This is a Draco and Hermione pairing, and it is rated K through T. And when I read through the story, I absolutely loved it and I can already tell you I would love for there to be more or a sequel but this is a one-shot and it's a really strong piece of writing so I hope you enjoy the story as much as I have. With that let's look at Honey Sweet Cutie's story experiment, and we will begin the reading of this wonderful story now. Draco Malfoy never thought they'd be in this position. Two years of working side by side at the ministry, and he never once presumed to think, for a moment, that Hermione Granger would be his partner on a mission, let alone stuck on the side of a cliff wall with her. If her shallow breathing and pale face were of any indication, neither did she. Keeping his long fingers curved tightly over the lip of a jutting rock, he licked his lips, he felt like if he took too deep a breath it might be too much and cause it to crumble beneath his touch. He closed his eyes for a brief moment, racking his brain for a solution to their predicament thirty feet down, twenty feet up, and wands dropped into the tree tops beneath them. Their options were limited. Malfoy came Hermione's clipped tone from above him, swatty as usual, even when they were mere seconds from careening into the nether. Cranger, he replied, because two could play at that cliffside game. "'My foot is going to slip,' she said, sounding somewhat breathless, "'if we don't figure this out. "'The sixteen-year-old him would have told her "'he didn't care either way what happened to her, "'the Draco from before the war. "'But this new Draco, the twenty-year-old Draco, "'was more focused on how much he regretted becoming an oar. "'What was he thinking?' His childhood was a thing of trimmed nails, expensive tea, and a balcony that was way too big for a first year. A closet full of silken robes and a diamond and ruby wizard's chess set and a bathtub with golden claw feet. Wars camped in the dirt and squatted in bushes for days hunting. What was he thinking? He supposed, when he thought about it, It wasn't so bad being here with Granger, it would have been better if she weren't so useless on the sides of cliffs, but hey, she knew more about magical creatures than anyone. When his superior handed him the folio and he'd seen Granger's name at the top as first consult for information, his first reaction had been to roll his eyes and discard it. But the deeper he'd gone, the more he realized. The more he discovered, he'd realized that the dark wizard the department was tasking him with capturing was the one who specialized in the torture of magical creatures. Seeing as Granger specialized in the care of magical creatures, and seeing as how he hadn't the slightest clue where to find a damned acromantula, let alone a bloody pixie wing farm in the forest, he had to set aside his faculties and go to her. Fast forward two weeks, and the two of them would have smelled like ass and sweat if it weren't for the positively dreamy bag of hers filled with everything known to man. She'd forgotten nothing, and bought way too many books, and that was just fine when he was in a panic, thinking he'd be without his beloved spearmint toothpaste for weeks on end. Here, she'd said, handing him a tube of a very muggle toothpaste with a blank look on her face. It was unopened. "'The tent was huge, but felt it extremely small "'whenever she crossed to his side. "'He'd taken it, lifting it to his nose somewhat. "'I can't use anything but spearmint, I'll have you know, "'but this'll do for now.' "'She'd merely turned and went back to her side, "'and when he'd opened, when he'd conjured a mirror "'to use outside by the stream they'd made camp near, "'he was surprised to see that it was, in fact, spearmint. "'Even more intriguing, when he'd tried to give it back, "'and she'd said, "'Keep it. I brought it for you.' "'He'd bitten back his desire to make a smart remark "'about how she'd assumed he'd forget something so important. "'Something about the frizz in her hair "'and the rigidity of her steps "'told him that it wasn't a good idea. "'And now, as they were hanging on the side of a cliff "'and tiny pebbles were becoming dislodged "'by her quivering foot, "'he found that toothpaste with the spearmint flavor "'was absolutely not important. "'Because Hermione was indeed slipping.' "'and the small wail that left her lips "'as she slid down an entire inch "'because an inch on the side of a cliff "'is definitely a mile, "'obliterated that spearmint memory. "'Draco was full of himself, "'conceited as most Malvoys were, but he didn't want her "'to die. He "'never had wanted her to die, even during "'the war, and the sweat that "'collected on his palms between the "'cliff wall and his skin reminded him "'of the sweat that had gathered there that night "'at the manor. The fire in the drawing room fireplace hadn't been hot back then, but her screams pounding against his eardrums had scorched his skin and settled into his bones. He hadn't wanted to work with her on this project because he feared she would see his guilt. Her eyes, those honey-brown irises, always had seemed to be able to see beyond face value. She was excellent at reading books, and therefore it stood to reason she'd be excellent at reading people. "'He felt terrified that she'd see past "'the puffed-up image of Malvoy pride "'he'd projected to the papers, "'past the tough or persona he'd put on at the ministry, "'past the lazy way he let his blonde hair fall into his eyes "'and the way he let his tie hang loose about his neck "'when even Potter kept his snuck against his pulse. "'He'd feared she'd be able to see him, "'and then he wouldn't be able to hide.' draco had never quite been able to hide from hermione his arms were beginning to quiver the gentle breeze had picked up from below and now felt like a little too strong for comfort granger you've got to calm down he said through gritted teeth if you fall too rapidly you'll hit me and we'll both go down do you understand this is your fault She spat back through the vitriol and her voice felt less barbed to him than she probably had intended it to be. I told you that pixies don't go near cliffs. Their wings were only good for flying short distances. Their bodies are too heavy for open-air flight. That's exactly why I figured our mark would hide them near a cliff or just under the edge. I saw a hole in the cliff face when we were down at the bottom. Draco shot back, unconsciously tightening his hold on the rock. "'And you thought it would be pertinent to reach it from the top? "'We could have levitated up.' "'That's exactly the fifteenth time you've mentioned that,' Draco hissed, "'except for the fact that a wizard like this one "'would not have forgotten to the wards to keep wars out. "'Therefore, if we had levitated up, "'we could have been hurt, maimed, or worse, killed.' "'Draco glanced up, seeing nothing but her trainers "'and unable to tear his eyes away from the way her feet were shaking.' His throat went dry. Arguing like this was dangerous, especially when it was clear that she didn't have anywhere near as good a grip as he did, and his grip wasn't even that great. He looked down, wondering how close the opening that he'd seen was. He wondered, could he just drop down and swing in? "'Have you?' her swatty tone faltered as she took a gasping breath. "'Have you attempted to assio your wand?' He'd fought the urge to sigh. Of course he had, but nothing had come sailing up, which meant the wand had likely been broken. I don't know, Granger. Have you? He bit out. His knuckles ached. Obviously, she huffed. But my wand was likely broken, he cut her off, like I said, ten minutes ago. Don't be such an insufferable git, Malvoy, Granger said, sounding shrill. She started to speak again, but a cry was whipped from her throat as her foot suddenly slipped forward, and downward again. A shower of dart and rocks came down, forcing Draco to turn his head and tilt it downward. His heart raced as a quite horrifying image of Granger's bushy hair soaring down past him to death assailed his mind, and his irritation at her melted for a moment. "'All right,' Draco said. "'We're wasting time. "'The hole has to be a mere feet below. "'Oh, it's two meters below us.' "'He clenched his teeth. "'Of course, Hermione Granger would know the exact distance "'of a small cave in the side of a 50 to 60-foot high cliff. "'He brought her here to help him with understanding pixels in the fray, "'not to make him feel like an idiot for an understanding distance. "'Because he did feel like an idiot.' "'Right. Well, in any case, I'm going to let myself slide down "'and try to, well, catch onto the edge, "'and then I can pull myself up into the cave. "'Then... "'Now, oh, she cried, and the shrillness of her voice "'almost made him cringe. "'You can't! What if you miss? You'll be killed!' "'I'm aware of my mortality, Granger,' he said, "'teeth pressed tightly together, "'that if I don't do something, we'll both be killed.' Hermione was quiet, but Draco knew she knew he was right. Before he could start his descent, the unthinkable happened. Hermione tried to adjust herself for some reason unknown to Draco due to his vantage point and lack of ability to see her upper half, and the rock beneath her right foot gave completely. She let out a piercing scream that rang through the air, and she came down towards Draco, whose eyes had gone wide with panic and horror. He acted on instinct leaning back as far as he could without sending himself down put your legs together Granger he shouted above the sound of her scream he tensed his muscles as she did as he told her to and then she slid down between his body and the cliff face knuckles going white and hands trembling his biceps flared to life as he pressed his body against her back "'Grip the rocks!' he breathed quickly into her ear. "'The strain of holding both their bodies already getting to him. "'Grip them quick!' "'She did so, her screaming tapering off, "'into rapid gasping one that he'd only ever heard "'from her under-Bellatrix's wand. "'She was trembling, her whole body quivering, "'but he knew there was nothing else he could do about that. "'Her hair threw a massive ball of fluff "'against the underside of his chin.' was a gentle reprieve from the sheer anxiety of the situation. She smelled of lavender, and it helped ground him. "'We don't (laughs) have time to waste any longer,' he said, grunting slightly. She wasn't exactly heavy, but it was a bit much for his already strained fingers. He slowly adjusted his feet against the rocks and had them perched upon, trying to get a better hold.' His heart beat wildly against the cage of his chest and he hoped she wouldn't feel it. Her fear would only serve to heighten his own and worsen the situation. Hermione didn't reply. She just continued to choke and gasp and then it was Draco that realized her panic had reached a level that wasn't intentional. She was having an attack, a fit, and it was so unlike her that Draco didn't quite know what to do. He understood her fear but he was terrified that if she just kept shaking like that, she'd push him backwards. "'You've got to get yourself sorted,' he said as calmly as he could, resting his chin against the top of her head as she struggled to keep his footing in the hole on the wall. "'I... I... I, I can't,' she sobbed. "'I... I can't... You've got to,' he insisted. He opened his mouth to tell her that if she didn't, they'd fall but then he realized that would only make her panic increase he tried he had to calm her down somehow please granger i just need you to calm down and then i can drop and get into the cave and then i can catch you it was clear to draco that hermione was close to work behind chose it was clear to draco that hermione chose to work behind a desk in the ministry for a reason after a moment she sucked in her breath and whimpered all right, but please don't don't let me fall. The quality and tone of her voice was unlike any Draco had heard from her before. In school, she was unfettered knowledge. In the war, she was fire and flames. When she spoke on his behalf at his trial and single-handedly kept him from going to Azkaban, she was strength incarnate. But here on the side of this cliff, she was a right mess. I won't," he said quietly. He leaned back slightly, and when his back left the warmth of hers, she let out another high-pitched wail, her fear rising to a crescendo once more. He quickly leaned forward, pressing her against the rock. "'Wait! Just wait!' Hermione whimpered. "'I'm sorry, just... just... wait!' Draco was not experienced with the comforting of others. Once Pansy had sobbed in his arms over something or another in fourth year, and he'd said nothing. The awkwardness he'd felt in his heart at the time had been overwhelming, and when she'd finally stalked off to her dorms, he'd felt relieved to be rid of her for the day. Here, now, at twenty, it was no different. Hermione was obviously in need of comfort, but it was difficult when not only was he just plain bad at it, Their lives depended on his ability to keep her calm. Hermione, he said, because it was the only thing he could think to do. I will not let you get hurt, I promise. But I've got to make a move, all right? Perhaps it was hearing him say her name for the first time in their lives. Perhaps it was the authoritative tone. Perhaps she had just come to her senses. But she stopped crying. She stopped crying, and her trembling faded into a slight tremor. "'Okay,' she whispered. "'Okay,' he repeated under his breath. He leaned back slowly, and though Hermione cringed against the rock wall, she did not make a sound. He absentmindedly took one last inhalation of her lavender scent, and then his left foot began to blindly search downward for another foothold. He tested the weight, and when satisfied that it could hold him, he began to move the other. The breeze played with his hair, but thankfully it wasn't too much. He glanced up at Hermione, a little surprised at how quiet she was now. All right, Granger? My arms are very, very tired, she said, and her voice was wistful and drained, but she was calm. Please hurry. He didn't respond, choosing instead to focus on his task. He made his way down the cliff face, stopping every so often to look to his left and right for a possible dip in the rock that could be the cave. He wasn't sure if it was below him directly or if they were slightly to the side, so he wanted to check to be sure he was on the right path. It was infuriating not having his wand, and his wandless magic skills weren't exactly top-notch since he'd spent his entire sixth and seventh years in a bad mindset, to say the least. He glanced up one time, seeing with alarm that Hermione's left arm was hanging at her side. He paused for a moment, watching to ensure she wasn't falling. She'd hung there by her feet and one hand for a moment, making a feminine groaning sound as she switched arms and let the other hang. Draco knew then it was serious. She didn't have the endurance he had as an oar. He needed to hurry. Draco made it to the cave they'd been slightly to the right of it he found it when he reached down with his left foot and felt nothing but air when he kicked it forward he climbed over to the top of it and held his breath counting to three he dropped down and hoped for the best when his feet were on solid ground he opened his eyes in front of him darkness stretched on into what was not a cave but a tunnel and there lying discarded like unused kindling was Hermione's wand it wasn't broken, but as he picked it up and his magic responded to it, he was able to tell that there were indeed wards on the cave. Her wand had been inside then and able to respond to the summoning spell she'd undoubtedly cast. He attempted to cast Wingardium Leviosa* on a small rock, but when nothing happened, his suspicions were correct. No magic in the cave. He leaned his head out as far as he could and cupped his mouth with his hands. Granger, he called up. Move to your left, about one foot, then let yourself fall. Fall! Her panic was audible. You want me to fall? I'll catch you, I swear, he reassured her. Just move over, and then let go. No, she said, absolutely not. He sighed in exasperation. Your wand's here, but I can't perform any magic. Did you? Granger, he interrupted. I cannot perform magic in this cave. You've got to drop, and then I will catch you. Malfoy, I... And suddenly, her voice cut off. There was a slight crumbling sound, and Draco's eyes widened. The rocks were shifting, and Hermione was going to fall. Granger, move to the left, quickly, he cried. I I I can't it's too her voice drilled off and Draco watched almost in slow motion as the rocks beneath her feet crumbled into nothingness a blood curdling scream was ripped from her the depths of her throat and then as if she couldn't help it she wailed "Draco" something about her using his first name increased his sense of urgency Draco was sure it, it was too far and he was sure he could lean up far enough to catch her he wasn't sure what would happen but he knew he had himself his wits and her wand as she fell past the side of the cave shrieking face streaming with tears of sheer terror Draco did the opposite of what he did that night in a manner that night he stood by and watched his aunt scar her with lifelong reminder of his failure to help his peer Hermione didn't cover the scar anymore "'It was the angry red letters burned into his mind "'every night in his tent. "'She was stronger than him for that, and they both knew it. "'When they spent their evenings eating soup, "'she made in silence, his eyes watching the way "'the skin stretched taunt around the edges of the O's and the D. "'He knew that she knew he was watching. "'When he brushed his teeth with that spearmint toothpaste, "'he wondered if she knew he'd watched her spell.' the amortentia in Slughorn's glass. He wondered if she knew she was smelling the scent of the manor's garden grass, the fresh parchment he wrote his letters on, the spearmint he'd always used to brush his teeth. He wondered if she'd brought that toothpaste on purpose because she knew it was his favorite. Drago Malfoy never thought they'd be in this position, but he was glad they were. He wondered so many things about how she felt, but somehow in that moment, he didn't care to hear the answers. He didn't care about the positions and spearmint toothpaste and the scars and the pixies with their translucent wings. He only cared about her. He held on to her wand and leapt. All right, my dear friends, we're going to take a quick break. That is a wrap for this amazing, wonderful story written by Honey Sweet Cutie. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. Hi, and welcome back to Seppa Stories. All right, so... As usual, this is the commentary portion of this episode. If you would like to skip the commentary and go on to the next posted story, uh, you are welcome to do that now. If you'd like to hear some of the um, commentary or hear some of the things about the story that were really awesome or points that I thought were really super cool, uh, please stick around. We're going to talk about this story now. Okay, so... Experiment by Honey Sweet Cutie. Um, so I reached out to this writer maybe a little over a week ago, and, and this is a writer that um, I've, I'm following her page on Facebook. And from time to time I'll message uh, this writer, and she's always really good about responding back. Um, it's really wonderful to see this writer's writing process and her thoughts um, as she posts things online and it it's really marvelous to see um how her writing unfolds and, and her process as a as a writer so i think that this is a person that has an amazing talent and as an individual i love honey sweet cutie just to death um this is a person with an enormous heart and and just a really creative spirit so um I love I love how hard honey sweet cutie works to really produce well written fan fiction. This person powers through chapters like nobody's business and the stories are always quality. So uh, this writer also wrote a series or has a series uh, counting the stars and I truly, truly, truly loved that amazing series. And she's writing more things. Um so check her out or, you know, check this writer out. I think you'll be really quite pleased with with this writer's work and and what she's producing. Okay, so things I loved about this story. So this was written October 2019. And for me as a reader the suspense in the story read well. And it was staccato and it was, you know, very tense and a tight piece of writing. And, you know, we were there trapped to the side of the cliff with Hermione and Draco. And um, I am a huge avid follower of Stephen King as a writer. And if you have been following this podcast um, earlier in my reading, One of the very first things I did was read, without his permission, Stephen King's The Gunslinger, because I love the story, and I wanted to have a really great sample of what I could do as a reader um, before really launching this podcast, which of course I, I am considering removing that story, but it's just so amazing, I think I'm leaving it up until I'm asked to remove it, but to compare and contrast The Gunslinger, that Stephen King book, which is Classic and beautiful, and is to me high literature. To this story, there are scenes in the dark tower where those main characters, Roland and Jake, are climbing the mountain, and um, they're kind of they're having to scale as they climb up the mountain to go into the mountain of that story, and it made me when I read the story, I recollected that, and and probably because I had more recently read that particular book, so, but I thought that it really brought it to mind, you know, rock climbing. In my younger 20s, when rock climbing was first, yes, I'm that old, (laughs) when rock climbing was first really quite popular, and there weren't rock climbing places to go, people were actually going out and, and climbing things, um... That was a huge, huge, new, exciting thing, and it's scary to to scale a wall exciting and um you know, if you're if you're stuck and and you your the exhaustion, your muscles feel and the trembling, you know, your you might feel in your thighs or in your back or in places you would never even think you would feel, and then trying to find grips and holds can be really quite uncomfortable. And I think facing or scaling a rock wall shows you exactly. Where the strengths and weaknesses are in your body. I remember trying to climb a rock wall, and I got about halfway up, and it was—it wasn't a hard wall to climb. I was just challenged doing it, and it was like my thighs just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't make the reaches. My arms were too short, and my legs, were, you know, were not long enough to be able to get good toe holds. So, I—I I completely felt. All of those feelings that brought all those memories to mind, you know, hearing about or reading about Draco and Hermione really just kind of grasping onto the side of this cliff. And their banter back and forth works really well. I love too how in split, cision, uh, split moments, Draco is having these recollections and thoughts and considerations about his relationship with Hermione and. You know, it's true. I mean, how many times have you or I or any of us been in an emergency type situation and it seems like as things unfold in just a moment, it seems like it takes forever. Um. We had a car wreck that happened in front of our house a few years ago. Terrible car wreck. I mean, you could hear the crunch from inside the house where we were at. And we went outside and... This poor young man staggered out of his his red car. I'll never forget this. And literally just, he staggered out. He was bleeding and he was laying in the middle of my front lawn. And... You know, we were very frantically trying to call 911. People, because it's a busy street where I live, in front of where I live, were already pulling their cars to the side and trying to help and render aid. And as I was kneeling down next to this young man, just trying to keep him calm and steady, a car lost control. And I know this was only a few split seconds, but came careening towards us, jumped the curb and I just knew I was going to die, me and that young man in that moment. Luckily the car, uh, the driver was able to brake or I don't know how it stopped but it seemed like the car stopped inches from us. Neither of us was hit by the car but it was a very near thing and that is relativity where a moment seems like forever you know you I just watch the car looming closer and closer and how that little story I'm telling you is relevant is Hermione falling you know this these last I would say the last page of her story the last you know three to four paragraphs where he's trying to get her to move over just a little bit and he's trying to convince her that he will catch her and she just falls And in a split instant, you know, he's having all these thoughts about her and, you know, he's thinking about the moment that he watched her smell the amortensia in Selicor's, you know, glass. And he's connecting that, did she recognize this? And it's like all these moments and thoughts are going through his mind in that split instant as he's trying to make a decision of what the heck he's going to do to save her. So... I thought that was brilliantly written. It was quite marvelous. It was fast. It was filled with, you know, with excitement. It was action-filled. It has such suspense. Um, reading the story, the, you know, because they're there, they're like stuck on the wall, <laughs> you know, stuck on the cliff. And the exhaustion, the feeling, the sweat, the wind, you know, it's it was so very... Um, visual, the imagery was sharp. I could feel how that would feel reading this story. I had anxiety building in me reading the story for the first time. That's an amazing piece of writing. When a writer can bring these empathetic emotions and thoughts to your mind as you're reading a piece of their writing, that's a writer who knows what they're doing or has natural and raw talent in. There's nothing raw about this story. I thought it was terrific. Now, some readers or listeners might want to know what happens. Did he catch her? Did they fall? Did they die? And I like that this story doesn't have that kind of ending. It leaves it open-ended. And sometimes, I think in a device like that, has a more powerful conclusion and punch than if you lead the reader directly to a, a nice, neat, conclusive end. This leaves you with that sense of urgency of you know, what, what is happening, the action that is taking place in the story. So for me, I thought this was a very wonderfully strong written piece of fiction. And outside of it even being a magical story uh, a Harry Potter fan fiction this in its own right could be a standalone piece of writing of two people climbing a you know rock wall or cliff wall and having this happen and it be a non-magical piece of writing like an independent complete individual story apart from the Harry Potter fandom this story could do that quite easily and be ready for publication in that sense, in my opinion. And again, my opinion has no other basis other than my own experiences. Um, I, and in fact, I think, you know, the, the Fifty Shades of Grey, which I, I do know in fact, Fifty Shades of Grey um, book series and film series was based off of a fan fiction writing. So think about that, you know, as, as for, for a writer, think about that. Could your story flip out of fan fiction and be something that is independent and strong and ready for publication on its own outside of Harry Potter or leaving it in the realm of fan fiction, um, which is completely workable and completely and appropriate and, and marvelous this stands but you do have that option as a reader when you read a story and you could consider that it could be one or the other that, that's really quite marvelous. So I do like that this does break away from from the canon of what Harry Potter is. Again, this is fan fiction where it takes kind of a, a divergent track down the road of the relationship between Hermione and Draco and this supposed um unfolding of, of a career option or move or, you know, that they're both working for the ministry. There's no talk of marriages. There's, you know, we, we have Hermione working as an expert in care of magical creatures, which is in alignment with what canon it has happening for her. But we also have Draco working as well as an Auror. So these are things that I kind of like, that I very much like about fan fiction is it takes, um, different viewpoints or different considerations of things that could have happened or what if that did happen and that's what makes fanfiction fanfiction and makes it so wonderful and so much fun for us to enjoy and share and talk about and, and read and really love so honey sweet cutie You are an amazing writer, and I'm a huge fan of your works. Please keep writing. Please continue to share your work. And I encourage my listeners to independently go out and follow what this writer is doing. I think she's going to be around for quite a while, writing some amazing pieces. And if this writer should branch out for independent publication, follow this writer and see where that might be. Let's support our fan fiction writers and yeah as you've seen we've had so many people with amazing stories. I believe that this episode is our twenty first our twenty first number twenty one um in our episode for this season It tells you how much writing is out there, and none of it has been poorly written. all of it has been really quite strong different takes, different voices and the level of creativity is just astounding. I'm, I'm really so very impressed with these amazing writers and, and very grateful for their contribution to SEPA Stories. If you like this story and you want to hear more, please hit follow. I do want to... Um, give a quick announcement that I will be creating a YouTube page that will run in tandem with the Seppo Story podcast. I'm still developing this out, so that's going to be an up-and-coming project. It is my goal as a reader of fan fiction and literature pieces to bring you the widest and most diverse stories that I can and kinds of formats that you could find or enjoy in any kind of way so I'm thinking of creating the YouTube page or the YouTube I'm sorry releases when I build that as more as um, an Asmir type type release where you would hear the story and and maybe see some great images or um, something like that so that is in development so please keep your eyes out your ears out and give us a follow and I will be updating as soon as we are up and launched with our YouTube channel so that is up and coming uh, there will also be t-shirts and mugs and things like that with the Sepa Stories logo kind of am um, debating doing like a concert tee where we list stories and authors' names and, and things like that. Almost like a concert t-shirt up and coming and that will be true be released as, as we approach more rollouts with SEPA Stories. So thank you. Is my inner Slytherin showing? <laughs> so thank you for following SEPA Stories. You, the listeners, are why we are doing this is to share these wonderful creative pieces with you and we look forward to seeing you next episode. So have a great day or evening. We'll see you next time.